It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here this evening. It is the final Football Futures of the year, meaning the 2020 recruiting cycle, as last Wednesday was signing day, the final signing day. The main one was back in December. On tonight's show, we have a lot to cover. There was news today with Tennessee's coaching staff. I think a lot of it was recruiting-based with the guys who are leaving and the coaches Tennessee appears to be bringing in. I'll get to that here in segment number one. I'll look at the class that Tennessee put together. Most of the work was done back in December, but the Vols had a good week last week, landing two players on Wednesday who they really wanted to get, two athletes on the offensive side of the ball who could have at least a chance to come in and help right away and certainly help Tennessee's offense build into the future. And that's part of the planning here. When you have Harrison Bailey in this class and you have Brian Maurer coming back for his sophomore season along with J.T. Shroud, who's a redshirt sophomore, it's not just about finding immediate help, which Tennessee does need at wide receiver, but trying to find guys who can develop into big playmakers in the future. And I'll take a look at the entire class that Tennessee has put together. All right here on Football Futures, it is with you until 7.30, and then vol calls will begin at 8 o'clock. If you ever want to go back and listen to the show, Sam Foreman is producing, and we'll have it posted for you in the podcast section on the WNML app, as well as online, 991thesportsanimal.com. So the news that came out today included three staff members leaving Tennessee, two assistant coaches, and then the director of player personnel. Uh, starting with the assistant coaches, Tracy Rocker is leaving Tennessee to go to South Carolina, and then Chris Rumpf is leaving Tennessee to go coach in the NFL with the Houston Texans. Rumpf coached the outside linebackers, and Tracy Rocker coached the defensive line and did, I think, a good job there coaching the line. Now, with these guys leaving, I think part of it has to be when when you look at the guys who are expected to come in, when you look at the defensive line, Jimmy Brumbaugh is the reported hire, a defensive line coach from Colorado. And then Shelton Felton is the reported outside linebackers hired to replace Chris Rumpf. There's a recruiting aspect to that. Jeremy Pruitt knows Tennessee needs to continue to recruit at an even higher level. Tennessee has a top 10 class, number 10 in the country by the 247 Sports Composite, number 7 in the country by Rivals, but that's 5th and 7th in the SEC by the two sites. Tennessee needs to get to an even higher level. Now, winning games will be a part of that. If Tennessee doesn't win more, it's probably not going to do too much better on the recruiting trail. Still, I think Jeremy Pruitt looked at his staff and said, okay, we need to hire some guys who can recruit, and that's probably part of the reason for the replacements coming in to replace Rocker and uh, Chris Rumpf. Now, the, the third person leaving today that I mentioned is Drew Hughes. He has been the director of player personnel for Tennessee. It's a really important position and that comes back to recruiting as well. And we talked about that with Jesse Simonton of AllQuest earlier today on Sports 180. And he explained the role that Hughes had with Tennessee staff and how he helped Tennessee in uh, in the recruiting process. This is what Jesse said, talking about that director of player personnel position, which Tennessee now needs to fill. If you're talking about building a staff, you're, you're... Your number one, obviously, thing outside of the head coach is probably who's going to be your strength and conditioning coordinator because they spend so much time with the players um, outside of the actual coaches, especially during the offseason when some of the time constraints are limited. Uh, but, you know, pretty much after your coordinators, I'd say, 
that that player personnel director is right up there, and, that, and and they are paid as such. They are paid handsomely um, because they are so important because they are heading up your recruiting department. Now, every program and every school is a little bit different in terms of how they utilize that said position. Some you have what, you know, they kind of have it as kind of like a general manager um, type deal. The, the, the Tennessees, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the, these schools that have trickled down from the saving effect do not really operate in that manner. But these guys are tape grinders. They're the ones that first kind of identify um, the talent. And really outside of, of kind of the head coach and whatever, they're the guys that kind of build the recruiting board make the whole, you know, uh, platform of, hey, this is what this 2021 class is going to look like. This is what this 2022 class is going to look like. And so they are literally kind of the, 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 the you know, the assistant to the general manager, whatever you want to call it, because these school, t- Tennessee doesn't really use a GM type title, but their position and, and uh, is very important. And that's why it's going to be key for Jeremy to kind of find the right guy to, to fill Hughes's spot. That is an important position, no doubt. So Drew Hughes leaving Tennessee to go to South Carolina. I'm sure Tennessee wanted to keep him. He was making a salary close to $200,000. That shows the value in that position in helping Tennessee on the recruiting trail. So we'll see what route Tennessee goes there. Now, the, the program being in good shape, with Tennessee having closed the 2019 season on a positive note and the recruiting class for 2020 being what it was, plus the money that Tennessee has to spend, Tennessee has the resources. It's an attractive position that it, that is now open at Tennessee. So we'll see what Tennessee does there as the coaching staff looks like it's been put together, assuming there aren't any other changes. There has been a lot of change on the staff as the way we counted it earlier today, five of Tennessee's position groups out of nine will have different coaches this upcoming season, different full-time assistant coaches this upcoming season compared to 2019. And depends on how you look at it, but we separated outside linebackers and inside linebackers as Tennessee does with its coaching position. Is that a good thing or a bad thing on the field? I don't know. I, I think time will tell. I said that earlier today on Sports 180, and I still think it. People saying, hey, this is really good news for Tennessee, or people saying, hey, this is really bad news for Tennessee. How would either side know? So uh, I do think there's a recruiting aspect. We'll see what the on-field impact is as well. With Tennessee, and, and it's going to take some time. We have a full off season to discuss that and preview that. But we all agree that this is an important season coming up, and what Tennessee does on the field will affect Tennessee and recruiting for 2021. Now, before I get to that, I thought I'd look at the class overall for 2020, and it is a, a really good group. Tennessee, I think, has to feel really good about what it was able to put together, adding D. Beckwith and Malachi Weidman to the class last week. And if you look across the board. I don't think there are any real weaknesses for Tennessee to look at in the class. Now, there are some positions where Tennessee probably would have liked another player, and there were certainly guys that Tennessee went after and missed out on. Uh, I think everybody knows that. But if you look at the offensive line, I think Tennessee feels good about that group. If you look at the defensive line, which is headlined by Dominic Bailey, Tyler Barron from Knoxville Catholic High School, Amari Thomas from Memphis, Those are really good players that Tennessee likes. Adding Beckwith and Malachi Weidman to a group that includes Jalen Hyatt, Jimmy Calloway, and probably Jimmy Holiday, I think is really good. Morvin Joseph looks like a nice pass rusher from Lakeland, Florida, and Tennessee beat out Florida to get him. Bryson Eason and Martavius French from Whitehaven. Uh, So at linebacker, I think Tennessee probably would have liked one more guy. I think Tennessee probably would have liked one more pass rusher, one more defensive back. But that doesn't mean Tennessee is not excited to have Keyshawn Lawrence and Danico Slaughter 
in the defensive backs. But I think Tennessee feels really good about those players. So when you look at the the class, it's deep in terms of talent. I think it's well balanced. I think Tennessee hit needs across the board. Tennessee probably would have liked a more uh, surefire tight end. Like we know Tennessee went after Eric Gilbert and Darnell Washington. They just chose LSU and Georgia. So that would be an example of yeah, Tennessee would have liked some other guys. And then the big headliner in the class in terms of his ranking and his talent and the impact he could make on Tennessee football would be Harrison Bailey, the highly tatted quarterback. He's a four-star according to the composite, but has also been ranked as a five-star prospect as well. Rivals moved him up to a five-star ranking a few weeks ago. He is a very well-thought-of quarterback. He's on campus now as well, so he'll be able to go through the winter workouts. He's already doing that and will uh, will be a part of spring practice. And if Harrison Bailey pans out as a big-time player for Tennessee, this 2020 class will have a chance to look really good as well. Coming up next here on Football Futures, you're going to hear from one of Tennessee signees from last week, D. Beckwith. He will talk about why he chose Tennessee and how he might fit in to Tennessee's offense and more on the receivers, Beckwith and Malachi Weidman what they might be able to do for Tennessee. That's coming up next right here on Football Futures with you until 7.30, and then Vol Calls will take over later tonight at 8 o'clock as you continue listening to FM 99.1, The Sports Animal. The future of college football. Now back to your host, Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. You will hear from D. Beckwith coming up in just a few minutes. The athlete who will start out at wide receiver but could play tight end, could play running back. He'll talk about how he might fit in offensively. That's coming up in just a few minutes as Tennessee added Beckwith and Malachi Weidman on Wednesday. And I think overall Tennessee feels really good about its haul at wide receiver. The class might not be done. Tennessee could add running back Zach Evans. He elected not to make any kind of announcement last week. It looks like he will wait until March to take another official visit and then make a decision after that. And it's a a fluid situation with the five-star running back out of Houston, Texas. But Tennessee is still in the mix with Zach Evans. So one more player could be added to Tennessee's 2020 class. Ole Miss is in the picture there. And then other schools continue to recruit him as well. But last week it was about Malachi Weidman and D. Beckwith and Jesse Simonton, who you heard from in the first segment, Uh, on Sports 180, also talked to us about Weidman and Beckwith and the good haul that it was to kind of close out the 2020 class. Here's what Jesse had to say about Tennessee's two additions to the offensive side of the ball on signing day. Yeah, I mean, this is a great close uh, for Tennessee today, Josh. I mean, we kind of talked about it uh, on your podcast earlier this week and kind of, you know, setting the table for Tennessee. But the fact that they do go two for two, the D. Beckwith, signing in the morning. I mean, that was something that's been trending Tennessee's way um, for probably the last couple of weeks. He, he really responded to the way Jim Chaney um, and the offensive staff kind of wants to use him as kind of this hybrid Swiss Army knife, a guy who's maybe a bigger wide receiver but can still line up as maybe a flex tight end at times, some H-back at other times. Uh, and the fact that Tennessee got the final in-home visit with Jeremy Pruitt and then D was back up here this weekend unofficially, sealed the deal there. Um, beat out a you know a division rival in Florida for for a for a you know high upside kid uh, Will Hester his coach down in Florence Alabama told VolQuest that you know D is probably the best pure athlete he's covered in 20 years so he is a bit raw uh, as a football player he's only played two years of high school football but the upside is tremendous there and the same honestly it goes for Malachi Weidman I mean this is a kid that 
just screams explosiveness. I just put it out on Twitter. He has, you know, some ridiculous highlight dunks. Um, he's a legitimate basketball player. Both D and uh, Malachi want to play basketball at Tennessee, too. Uh, you know, Malachi is, is a legitimate four-star, you know, hoops prospect as well. Rivals has him ranked as the number 56 overall football prospect, even though he's fairly raw. Rob Cassidy, our uh, Florida analyst, believes that, you know, he has all-American-type potential. Both of these guys need, you know, some seasoning. They need, they need some, you know, fine-tuning in terms of just basic technique. Uh, but it, it's hard to turn down uh, the upside of both these kids. And, and it, it's, it's a nice overall, you know, receiving class for Tennessee because they needed to restock that room, losing Jawan, losing Mark West Callaway, even a body like Tyler Bird, who was so valuable on special teams. So you add these two with Jalen Hyatt, Jimmy Callaway, nice little mix there for Tennessee, plus the grad transfer of Vilas Jones, which the Vols are certainly hoping to get something out of more than just, you know, returning some kicks. Yeah, Jesse uh, Jesse Simonton is with us, VolQuest.com. It, it sounds like different skill sets with the different pass catchers in this class, which I'm sure Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney like a lot as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you got, you know, Jalen Hyatt is, 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 a, is a burner, but he's a guy that can also play out wide. Callaway, I think, is a really underrated prospect. He did get bumped up to a four-star um, by rivals, kind of at the run around the uh, final recruiting rankings. He's a guy who's played mostly quarterback. Uh, just like D. Beckwith, mostly quarterback in high school, um, but has some real wiggle, can kind of give some Tennessee some options, you know, in the slot, even in some potentially some wildcat looks. Uh, and, again, all, opportunity, I think, is key here for this group. This is they're, they're, All four of these guys are going to be walking into a wide receiver room that's fairly open outside of a Josh Palmer. Ramel Keaton, you know, flashed a little bit a year ago, but there's opportunity. There is, you know, playing time to be had. And Tennessee's going to need – you know, if not one, perhaps two of these guys to ascend um, up the depth chart. D'Angelo Gibbs, you know, where does he fit in the mix? Is it the transfer who's formerly a defensive back, set out last season from Georgia, will be, you know, playing receiver for the Vols. So these guys know that they have a chance to come in and compete, you know, to play in time for an SEC team. How that translates, you know, again, some of these guys need, need some, you know, real technique tuning. We'll find out come this spring and fall. So one of those players we talked about there, D. Beckwith, how about hearing from him, the athlete who could play a number of positions on offense? He'll talk about that. And first here, he talks about why he chose to sign with Tennessee. This is athlete D. Beckwith from Florence, Alabama. It's more convenient for my parents to come watch, plus my brother is going there. Um, I also had a lot of connections there outside of football with the Anderson family and, um, you know, Miss Mara. So I feel like, you know, it was home. It was closer to home, and it was similar to here in Alabama. Yeah, how important was that, uh, the comfort level, knowing you would be comfortable in Knoxville? Uh, it was very comfortable. Like I said, I have those connections. You know, uh, I have friends there already. So it just felt like home there. Like here, it felt like, you know, back home in Alabama up there. So, you know, that helped me out a lot in my decision. When did you come to the decision that Tennessee was going to be the right place for you? Uh, it was the last in-home visit with uh, Coach Pruitt. You know, we were just talking. Well, he was just talking with my family, you know, and everything just kind of clicked, you know, with the relationship with Coach and all that and the relationship he had with my parents. Talking to D. Beckwith, signing with Tennessee, making that announcement. And uh, when you talk about Coach Pruitt, what stands out to you about him uh, as a coach, as a person? What was your connection like with Jeremy Pruitt? Uh, you know, we we built a really close bond over, the, uh, you know, the months that he was recruiting me, him and uh, – uh, coach friend and all the guys on the staff 
Uh, he was a pretty stand-up guy. He was straightforward. Really, uh, I, I could see him as, like, another father figure for, like, uh, possibly three to four years. So, yeah, I, I liked him a lot, and I knew uh, I would enjoy being coached by him. And when um, he talked to you and you talked to Tennessee's offensive coaches, what have they talked to you about how you might fit in in the offense? Because I know you've kind of been designated as an athlete that could play a number of different spots. How do you think you fit into Tennessee's offense? Well, one of the first things they came in and told me was if I was going to be labeled an athlete, then it's going to stay like that. You know, they were going to use me uh, in different situations. You know, they were going to use me to make big plays. You know, I was most dangerous with the ball in my hands, and they showed me that. So they told me it was going to be similar here in high school where they moved me in different positions where I was needed. So, you know, that's a big fact in me going to Tennessee also. Yeah, so um, how do you think you fit in? What are your strengths uh, with what you're able to do kind of moving around on the offensive side of the ball? Uh, I think my main strength, you know, is uh, catching the ball in open field, uh, my ability to make people miss, you know, and getting, getting downfield very quick. And you mentioned uh, talking to D Beck with uh, signing with Tennessee. You mentioned your brother Cameron as well. Uh, how important was he? How much of a factor was he in, in considering Tennessee through the recruiting process? Uh, it was very important, you know, because he wanted to go there. He felt like it was home as soon as they offered him. Because uh, similar to me, he has connections and friends there too. So um, it was important to us, you know, to play together rather than our parents going and visiting different colleges to watch us play. So us knowing that we're going to play together and our parents going to watch us together you know that was a big factor in our decision yeah what do your parents think what, what's their reaction to you going to tennessee too uh they were you know they're happy and happy for me it was like whatever i'm happy with and they're happy with you know they'll support me through it all like they did before hey uh following this past season um d what would you think about the way tennessee played the kind of turnaround in the midpoint of the season to what they were able to do uh finishing with six straight wins what do you think uh seeing that from tennessee this past year uh it was definitely great um you know it was uh great seeing how the whole team kept their head on straight and they kept fighting through those losses and they turned everything around yeah, and, you know, a, a few guys that helped lead the way with that, Juwan Jennings, Marquez Calloway, and, and Don Wood Anderson, uh, those guys were very important in the offense in the passing game, and they're gone. I mean, it, has that been brought up, I guess? What, what do you think about the idea of maybe trying to go in and help Tennessee early to replace some of those guys within the passing game? Oh, yes, I'm definitely going to try to come in and make the biggest impact possible just because those um, <clears throat> those guys left and they were most important. Well, they were some of the most important guys on offense, and so I'm going to try to come in and make a – uh, impact early yeah talking to tennessee signee d beckwith and, and obviously you choose tennessee over florida so your two finalists sec schools was that a factor for you at all i mean you're in alabama uh, but the opportunity to play in the sec yes you know um me picking tennessee over florida like i said earlier it was similar to uh you know alabama you know florida was uh, definitely a different environment and it was definitely farther away i feel like it was it was important me to stay kind of close to home do you remember, D, when you realized, hey, I, I can be pretty good at sports. I'm going to have a chance to uh, to get a scholarship, go to college with this thing. When did you realize that you could be this level of an athlete? Well, I actually I actually noticed, you know, uh, my freshman year, you know, as I grew as a player, I grew as a player, you know, and uh, some of my coaches and some of the fans and some of the coaches from the other team, you know, told me I was going to be great one day. I just had to keep my head on straight. And my dad and my parents preach that to me every day, keep my head on straight, you know, keep my nose clean. So I knew if I did those, you know, like the sky's the limit for me.
And then back to Jeremy Pruitt. You mentioned your connection with him, but what's something you learned about Jeremy Pruitt? Tell me something that I might not know about Tennessee's head football coach. Uh, you know, um, going, uh, resulting back to, uh, you know, those couple losses in a row um, and him and his team keeping his head on straight. You know, it's all about him believing in his team, believing they can come back from a fall or whatever. So I believe in a coach that believes in his team and believe in his family around him. So, like, by him keeping his head on straight and helping everybody out and uplifting them, then uh, that's, that's the kind of coach I want to play for. Are you glad to have this recruiting process over with? Yes, sir, I am. It was, it's definitely a relief now that I don't have all these other coaches, you know, hitting me up and asking me to come to campus. You don't have people like me in the media calling you and bugging you too, right? Yes, I do. What, what was it like? Did, did you learn anything through recruiting? What do you take away from the process? Uh, yes, I actually learned a lot. You know, uh, I learned say no a couple of times. You don't have to say no. I learned that sometimes you can't build close relationships with people and you can't believe everything people say. Well, uh, D, I know you're glad to have it finished. Congratulations on signing with Tennessee. Thanks so much for taking some time to talk to me as well and look forward to seeing you in Knoxville here in a few months. Yes, sir. That's Tennessee signee D. Beckwith. I appreciate him taking a few minutes to talk to me on signing day. So that kind of closes things out for 2020. It's on to 2021. And if you've heard this show before, you've heard me say recruiting for 2021 is well underway. Tennessee has several commitments for next year's class. That will remain fluid, and Tennessee is going to try to go get some of the best players in the country, and the staff that Jeremy Pruitt is putting together, he is going to task them with that. So I appreciate you being here on Football Futures. Ball calls will be here at 8 o'clock on FM 99.1, the Sports Animal.